So, Jeremy. Daniel. We have a guest with us again tonight. She's a frequent flyer. She is. That's what we call people in the hospital. Yeah, just Daniel. Come back all the time. That's not nice. Yeah, she's exhibiting <laughs> exhibiting drug seeking behavior. Hmm. Well, no, I don't know. We are pretty addictive. I can understand that. <laughs> Welcome That's back, true. Coley. I'm glad you're here. Hey. Thanks, Jeremy. Thank you for rescuing me. That was bad. I didn't know where to go from that. You don't even know where you started, but that's okay. <laughs> so my wife, Coley, is back on the show with us. Yes. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, so what did we do this weekend? Uh, we went to New Jersey. Yeah. We Tell did. us about it. Uh, so I got tickets to John Mayer for Quinn and I to go. Well, I tried to get three tickets, but I was not able to. Um, and spent more money than we should have on floor tickets to John Mayer for our nine-year-old's first concert. So, but it was in New Jersey. And it was Saturday night. Newark. Newark, New Jersey. And the other option for the concert around us was Boston, which was Monday night, which wasn't going to work. So we decided to trek three hours to Newark, New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. I hear I hear but, that um I hear Newark, New Jersey and a lot of rap songs. Is it like a dangerous area? Yeah. It's not the I nicest mean, city, no. No, I didn't feel like it was dangerous, but it's not some place that I need to return to. Sorry if anybody's listening from Newark, New Jersey. Um, I'm not sorry. Oh, I'm so well so I am sorry to them that they have to live there. He hated it. It's <laughs> The worst place on earth. You were there for like three hours. Come on, how bad could it be? <laughs> well, we got there. I booked this hotel um, that had a king bed and then um, bunk beds because I thought that would be fun for Quinn. And it was within walking distance to the venue so that Quinn and I could just walk and walk back to the hotel. And we got there and check in. And the guy's like, I don't have your reservation. What? I said, I said excuse me? He said, I don't. You don't have a reservation. I said, I absolutely do. I pull out, you know, I booked it on Hotels.com, which we book everything on, and we use it a lot. And, um, you know, we get free nights often because we (laughs) go away that much that we use Hotels.com that much. And so I pulled up my confirmation from Hotels.com. He's like, nope, I don't have it. And then I even pulled up the email from two days before that saying, your trip to Newark to this hotel. And nothing. So he said... And we're oversold, so I don't have a room to give you. So you have to call Hotels.com and figure this out. Uh-oh. I was so mad. And he was super rude <laughs> from the second we got there. He was super rude from the get-go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, barely acknowledged that we were standing at the desk. Yeah. Like, you he was, know. like, on the phone. He was turned sideways. He wasn't even facing <clears throat> Yeah, he, forward. like, practically had his feet up on the desk. Yep. And he was like, nope, we're oversold. I don't have a room to give you. I was like, I have a nine-year-old child. He's like, I don't have any rooms. We're oversold. So get on the phone with Hotels.com. That takes an hour <laughs> sitting in that lobby. Meanwhile, I wasn't going to move. we're sitting in the lobby. <laughs> yep. Watching people check in. And also other people have problems checking in, so it wasn't just us. Yeah. But then Hotels.com got us a room, um, and they confirmed it before we got off the phone and everything, but it was 15 minutes away at the airport. Oh. But with the concert so, going on, it was like the only... And 
hotel that had a room. And the thing that sucks is that the hotel she had reserved was walking quarter distance. of a mile. Yeah. Yeah. Walking distance. Yeah. Right. So a few blocks. Um hotels.com <clears throat> got us the room that would have been more expensive by the um, airport for the same rate that we would have been paying at the hotel that I booked. So that's like what they did for us. Um, and they booked it for us. But he said, the guy at hotels.com said, oh yeah, we tried to call them too. They wouldn't take anything. And basically it's sometimes a common practice. They will purposely overbook, I think, especially when there's like concerts and stuff like that in town. Um, and take the people who book with them, not with a third party, or take the people who booked at a higher rate. Hmm. So because we got a discount, they supposedly had no rooms for us. They over they oversold and were never planning to give us a room. Well, screw that hotel. Yeah, totally. So I left a not great review on Hotels.com about that hotel. Um, so we drove the 15 minutes in this very confusing, convoluted way to around the airport there's no other way it's it's all confusing and convoluted but you had your own car at least right so you didn't have to like uber and all that yeah at least there's that i suppose no dan was the uber that night (laughs) so we got to the hotel next time you're taking an uber it's not going to be a next time to new york new jersey but it's okay uh so then he drove us to the concert and we got out a little bit not super, you know, Quinn and I walked a little bit and then we, it was the city hall. So we met him back there at the end of the concert so that he didn't have to go around the actual concert traffic. Okay. When so, we went to the concert and it was great. And he was grumpy the whole time. Dan, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Not John Mayer. Dan was grumpy. How, <laughs> while you guys were at the concert, he was grumpy? He was grumpy like the whole weekend. I was. Why didn't you was call me? I told you you could have called me. Jeez. Um, <laughs> why were you grumpy? Because um, of the whole situation? Hungry. Okay. <clears throat> yes, because of the whole situation. I didn't want to just eat in the hotel room. Um, I could, I, well, so I would have, but like the only options, like, I don't know if this is, um, because they were near the airport because of mafia or what. But you can't use DoorDash at the hotel. It's disabled. And even the what do you direct mean it's disabled? apps, like I tried, it's it's disabled. The, like, it, you, go to, you go to DoorDash and you put in your address and yeah. it says there's no stores available in your area. Okay. At your address. Huh. And then you go to... Um, so I went to the McDonald's app and I went to the Domino's app and both of them said, we do not deliver to this address. So, uh, you have a car. <clears throat> Jeremy, okay. oh. I was not about to leave <laughs> okay. that hotel. Once I was in it, I yes. wasn't about to leave and there was no restaurant in the hotel. <clears throat> and so you could, you could get delivery from like local pizza places or something. Okay. But I but I didn't know how long they were going to take, and it was busy. I didn't know how long they were going to be at the concert. I had no idea how much time I was working with here, so I ended up just eating a muffin from the um, from the front desk. That was disgusting. I'm sure. So that that was it. I see. 
But you did get back in the car to go pick them up, right? Yes. Correct. Yeah. Did you get some? <laughs> did you did you manage to get something to eat at that point? So so yeah, at eleven o'clock when I picked you him went up, through McDonald's. I went to McDonald's. Okay, so Quinn managed to and stay I awake got... until eleven. That's impressive. Yeah, so we left. He was in the middle of the last song before the encores, and she looked at me and she said, "I am so tired." Oh. And I was just like, "Okay, kiddo," and it actually worked out because then there was nobody. You know, walking around like yeah, you're able to get out quickly, and we were able to. We just like walked out with no big deal, so I didn't have to try to usher her through (laughs) throngs of people trying to leave. So it worked out. And the last I found out, like the encore songs that he played were two of like not my favorite, so it wasn't. Yeah, Walt Grace is a banger. I don't know. Walt Grace is your favorite. Did did he happen to see her sign? Did her sign get acknowledged? So her sign got on the jumbotron. Nice. Cool. Yep, and everybody around freaked out. They were so excited for her. <laughs> That's awesome. So it was pretty, pretty awesome. We she were was on really the jumbotron close. too, yes. right? Not yeah, just we the were, sign. No, yeah, okay. both of us and the sign. And nice. so, so everybody around like adopted her. They were so excited to have her there. So it was pretty cute. So did she enjoy her first concert then? She did. Good. She did. I don't know if it was exactly what she, I don't know what she thought in her head it was going to be. Yeah. Um I think she got a little bit bored at the end. Yeah. Um but she was also tired. But it was also John Mayer by himself, no one else on the stage acoustic. Yeah. So not loud, which is great for her age, but probably not the most exciting for her. But not age like either. a huge production with fireworks and dancers and all that like No, there was yeah. nothing. It was him and a guitar yeah. and a piano. So. Yeah. Yep. That sounds pretty intimate and cool. Yeah. It was awesome. It was awesome. It was great. And did you manage to get something to eat? Did you did you have to go home? Yeah, Quinn and I ate. Nice. No. Yeah, what did you eat? No, we ate. Daniel, you should have (laughs) eaten. We went to the concession stand. (laughs) We went to the concession stand. She Uh, had, you know, chicken fingers and fries and She was so mad at me when I was like, I'm sorry, Quinn, I know you're tired, but I need to get She was so tired. Some nuggets and and fries. Totally. That's all I got. That's all I wanted. Some nuggets and fries. Well, I'm glad you she, got that. <clears throat> she was just ready to be in bed at that point. Okay, yeah. so yeah. she uh, didn't. She didn't go to sleep till midnight. Yeah. I can take Newark, New Jersey, off my bucket list. So that's good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, their restaurant <clears throat> does have a Shake Shack. Nice. So, one point. That's really all we ate that's all weekend. So we had Shake Shack when when we got down there. We were like, well, why don't we get some Shake Shack before we get to the hotel. Because once we get to the hotel, we're not going to want to go back out and eat anything. So <clears throat> we, we ate Shake Shack. And then on the way back, leaving, we got Shake Shack again. We did. Yep. And it was delicious. It was delicious. Both times. Hey, yep. get, it, get it when you can. That's what I always say. That's why we did that. <laughs> yep. So have and you then, got your next adventure planned yet, or do you know what you're you're gonna do? Oh, uh, next adventure after Dan's surgery, yes, is uh, Father John Misty in Providence. Uh, just Dan and I. Nice. And that's April twentieth. So do you know who that is? Oh, so you'll have a, like three weeks to recover. No, I don't know who that is, but I'm sure it's pretty cool. He's good. I like yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. He's a singer, so. And Providence is great. 
And we're staying at a very nice hotel there that I've stayed at before. Right. So I'm not worried about Providence. <laughs> and you're going to call Providence. call a couple days ahead to the motel and make sure. I sure <laughs> am, Jeremy. Sure I have. <clears throat> do not believe the email that you get from Hotels.com confirming it, saying you do not need to call the actual hotel. I will be calling from now on. But yeah, my next adventure is laying on the couch and healing. Yeah. yeah. And having you wait on me hand and foot. I'm not even going to be there. Oh. Uh, you need to be. But I would you wait sure on you. sure you don't want to be? <laughs> I'm a good caregiver. Sure you, sure you don't want to come help me? Because I don't know how this patient's going to be. Yeah. Whatever happened to you being here for the uh, for the last episode? I knocked I on the door and there was a, a sign that said, sorry, we're stuck in Newark, New Jersey. So I came <laughs> home. <laughs> you were too busy getting Shake Shack on the way home, so... <laughs> missed out. I thought you were going to say, actually, look look behind you. <laughs> I've been here the whole time. <laughs> Turn around. He's just standing in our living room window. You were wondering where your wedding ring was. Aha. <laughs> oh, Jeremy stole it. <laughs> yes, I lost my wedding ring for the listeners. But, but I found, found it. Well, yeah. Coley found it. Yeah, I found in it. In my chair. Yes. Yes. I don't know how it got there. What if she secretly Luckily, took it lost. just so she could get mad at you? What if she's like gaslighting you or, or whatever that would be considered? <laughs> I wouldn't put it past her. Yeah. Yeah. She's Jeremy, like, don't tell him my secrets. Oh, I thought. Oh, I, yeah. Sorry. No, come on now. Hey, Daniel, that conversation never happened. You're just imagining things. Didn't happen. I would okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it is very loose, right? Now. It is loose. Yeah. We got it resized. Over the summer. Yeah. Because I've gained weight and now I'm like kind of losing some weight and mm-hmm. it's cold out. See, so drink a bunch uh, of water and so. eat some salt. It'll fit for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. It was only lost for like 10 minutes. Yeah, but who so. knows where else I might lose it. See, or, I was thinking it probably fell off when you were pushing the swing. I was about to say, go look by the swing. But strip club. We did. We did go outside. We did go outside. And, yeah. And looked all over the place, and then I happened to look house. in his chair, the, mm. your girlfriend's house. What, you wear it to her house? Which one? That's not a smart move, Daniel. That's, yeah. I know. That's ballsy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to wear it there. That's At least a take it off bold, before you get bold there. move. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> so anyway, Jeremy, how are you doing? Uh, I think I'm doing all right. We. You think? You think. Survived another snowstorm. That shit's getting old. Um yeah. How much did you get? Not much this last time. Like, well, I don't know. On what is today? Wednesday. So last Thursday we probably got about six inches, and then today we got like three inches. But most of that's gone because the sun came out and it melted. Mm. We so, were expect. We were we were told we were going to be getting four to eight, but we got like half an inch. Nice. Yep. We actually haven't had that much snow, but it started early, so it feels like it's been a very long winter. But, mm. you know, through the... Do they close schools when um, you guys have snow, or do you guys just power through it? We haven't had any storms bad enough to close a school this year. they got to be pretty bad, like, you know, three feet. Um, wow. I can't remember the last time they closed school because of snow. It's probably That's been... Crazy. I don't know, maybe when Dylan was like in fourth grade one time. Really? Yeah. What are the, uh, what are the buses have tank treads on them or something? Okay, well, so they will often 
they, there, there are times where they don't run buses, but they're still school. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. But even even no, then, I mean, Quinn, that's not too too common. The buses usually make it as well. Wow. They did early dismissal yesterday, and it didn't even snow until 4 o'clock. They and did an early dismissal just because of the snow, you mean? Like it wasn't scheduled? Just because it was supposed to snow. Because yes. it was supposed to snow. Because it was supposed to snow. And it yep. did. Huh. But it, it rained. Didn't. It rained all day. You guys get snow freak. I mean, often enough where it's not like uncommon, right? Yeah, but we don't get as much as you. Accumulations. Yeah, we really haven't no, gotten anything I mean, this it, winter, though. Yeah, this winter has been like nothing. Is it windy there? Does, but yeah, does we'll, it get very we'll windy? Storms. It was windy yesterday. So one of the things here is it's not so much how much snow we get at one time. The wind blows, so there's places where it'll be like six, eight feet because of drifts. And right. that's oh. the bigger issue. Gotcha. Yeah. We don't have the drifts that bad. Yeah. I remember when we lived on, uh, on Jackson Street um, in another house, um, and Quinn was three, something like that, two or three. Oh, the really bad winter? She was one. That really, you know, really she was one? Mm-hmm. This really bad winter that we got just storm after storm after storm and that house had a retaining wall and a sidewalk out front and the sidewalk went the length of the yard it was long and it was on a hill um but we had to clear the sidewalk and i didn't have a snowblower back then and um there was one week specifically where we got like three or four storms in a row like every other day there was a storm that dumped another like eight inches on us and there was there was like one storm that was like over a foot and that was like the first storm and then every storm after that was another like six to eight inches and um one night like the i hadn't i just couldn't um I think I had the day off from work from the storm, but uh, I had Quinn. She was home. You had to go to work. Yeah, I was working. And this guy comes from the town and knocks on the door. He's like, yeah, you have till 8 o'clock tonight or something like that to clear your sidewalks. I was like, what? I I have an infant. I can't leave her in. That's why. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. She was so young. I couldn't leave her in the house alone. Um, he didn't care. Yeah, he didn't care. <laughs> so, and not not only that, but I was exhausted. Like, my body just couldn't handle shoveling. Because the thing about it was, like, shoveling that sidewalk, you couldn't, I couldn't dump it into the road. So I had to lift it up over the six-foot retaining wall. Yeah. It was... I thought it was awful. Mm. Uh, it was awful. See, that's why you can't yeah. trust government jackbooted thugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the drifts that year were taller than you. We have a picture of Quinn yeah. on top of a drift, and she was. Well, that was a drift. Head. That was the pile that was I the made pile. with yeah. the shovel. Yeah. If they can send people door to door to tell you to remove your snow, they can send people with equipment door to door to just remove the snow. Like, right? 
<laughs> you would think. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. were quite happy when we realized that the house that we bought does not have a sidewalk in front of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, we don't have to worry about and that. And then we got a snowblower. Yep. And now the snowblower's broken. Mm. Sure is. They tend to do that. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. So, <laughs> last week was the snowy episode of The Last of Us. It was. Yeah. Well, not topical anymore. No. Now we need to switch gears and talk about the bloody episode. Well, if, oh, if yeah. only we had a way to do that. <sighs> if, only. if only. I wish you guys did have a way to talk about that. <laughs> of course. We have a podcast. Oh, of course. Oh, of course we have a podcast. Of course right? you guys have a podcast. Of course. <laughs> oh, did I ever tell you that? Uh, real quick. So, I think I might have told you a little bit about this, Daniel, but I have this um, new young lady that works for me. And, okay. like, her very first day there, she's mentioned, she mentioned our podcast. And I was like, what? <laughs> and <laughs> this other young gal that works there, too, she was like, you have a podcast? And I was like, yeah. And she literally said, of course you would have a podcast. <laughs> and I was like, Yes, yes, we would. I would. So, anyway. That's awesome. That is awesome. That That's where the name came from. Yeah. I guess I look like the type of person that would have a podcast. I don't know why, because it's not like I ever talk at work. Anyway. That's funny. That is funny. Um, Okay, now do your stupid intro music so I don't interrupt you for one time. Anyway, so what I was thinking was... Thank you. <laughs> Brought to you by Hotels.com. Book now. <laughs> Newark, New Jersey. And call. <laughs> and what's the name of that hotel? It's called Trip. Trip Newark. Yep. Yeah. Don't yeah. take a trip by Wyndham. Trip by Wyndham. Uh, Wyndham hotels are Wyndham. the worst anymore. I swear. Well, I didn't realize it was a Wyndham. Yes. I think everything's a Wyndham now. We live in Wyndham. We do. I thought Should you lived know. in Willimantic. Your address still says Willimantic. Yeah, so it's, it's a, confusing. It's a long confusing. <laughs> yeah. We live does, in... does Montana have this where it, there's a town and then there's like a borough inside the town? Willimantic is basically a borough of Wyndham. Wyndham. You're asking if Montana has towns that has boroughs in it? Yes. N- no. We barely have towns. <laughs> so there's like Wyndham, and then there's North Wyndham, South Wyndham, and Willimantic. Yeah, I remember when I was there. all Wyndham. Just driving around, like in the city, you would see like different signs for different names of towns just randomly. I do remember that. Um Mm. There's like if you when you go to Kalispell, like Evergreen and Kalispell kind of blend together, but no, okay. by and large, there's some distance between every. I don't even know if you can call them cities, but but every, um, town around I, here. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to call when Willimantic a city, even. But yeah, it's a little city. It's a tiny city. It is a tiny it's little a- city. I'll tell you, Newark is a bigger city than I expected it to be. Yeah. I did not. It's it's basically the size of Hartford, Connecticut, mm. which 
that's our big city in the state. Yeah. <laughs> so it's. I've been to the airport it just there. Surprised me twice. I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you have. Um, it's no LAX. No. no. Newark's airport is big. Yeah. It's a big hub. There was a monorail that went by our hotel. Oh, and one night, well, the night that we were sleeping there, Quinn had already fallen asleep, but Coley and I are laying there, and then all of a sudden, I swear to God, there was a motorcycle driving through the upper the floor above us at the hotel. It was insane. There was I, we heard this motorcycle drive by on the on the. What? It was so loud. Maybe it was somebody getting murdered with a chainsaw. That could sound similar. Ooh. Well, that's... <laughs> it was the loudest exciting. thing. We both sat up in bed, like... And it shook the room. It did. <laughs> like, were, they, were they doing construction? No. No. Huh. It, was a, it was a motorcycle. Like... Or a car of some sort. Like driving across the rooftops? Very loud motor. Just well, the road was right there. Yeah. Okay. So it was just so loud. Anyway. Oh, I thought you said it was, it was like coming above you. <clears throat> it sounded like it was above us. Gotcha. Gotcha. Like okay. on the floor above us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then we thought somebody was knocking on the like something. It didn't sound like the door, yeah. but the wall. And we could hear the toilet flushing Man. next door. It was, you know. Tell you what, <laughs> Providence. It wasn't that kind of knock. It wasn't that kind of knocking. No, <laughs> was, no fun knocking. No. <laughs> no. Providence sounds like a much better place than than Newark. So much, yeah. much better. I think. Hey, Newark would be the type of place that wouldn't have to transition very far in apocalypse because it's already kind of shitty, right? Well, honestly, true. I mean, that's the thing. I kept thinking, man, this is I. I would not want to stop and or go through Newark um, in the apocalypse. No, I have to imagine Joel and Ellie took the eighty-four corridor to uh, uh, upstate New York and then made their way around New York City. Yeah, because otherwise you'd have to go through Newark, mm-hmm. you, and you're not going to do that. No, in in the Last of Us world. It's- funny that you say the apocalypse and newark because when we were at shake shack i didn't share this it was in my head but having at that point being like 12 days from testing positive from covid so i was out of the contagion days mm-hmm. but i kept feeling like all of a sudden there was going to be people coming in with like covid smelling dogs and i was going to get caught <laughs> they were going to like pull me out <laughs> And I just, and then I kept thinking of The Last of Us and the cordyceps smelling dog. Should, <laughs> I was like, they're going to have one for COVID and I'm going to get found. We should talk about The Last of Us. We should talk about See? The Last of Us. Okay. All right. Um, so it was the season finale. It was the season finale. Episode nine. Episode nine. Yep. Uh, look for the light. Look for the light. If you're lost Which in the dark. The f- Fireflies logo, and it starts with a familiar face. It's and really a more of their motto, voice. but that's okay. It does start with a familiar face and a familiar voice. Um, Ashley Johnson, who played Ellie in the games, and 
Um, she's playing Ellie's mom. We don't know that yet. You know, if you don't know, did you know that? Did you know immediately that that was I mean, Ellie's I mom? It out. I think because I probably said something. Well, I also you, knew right? that Ashley Johnson played Ellie in the game, right. so I figured it was a pretty good correlation right. that she would play Ellie's mom. But the crazy thing is, oh, seriously. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Are you Damn kidding it. me? We're just Damn getting it. started, Daniel. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and he's talking through it too. <laughs> but the crazy thing is. That uh, I was watching this and hearing her like huffing and puffing as she's running from this infected, which sounded like more than just one infected, I thought, but I guess it was just one. Um, she's running from it, and I, I think I just like turned to you and I said, Man, she just sounds just like Ellie, exactly <laughs> like <she> Ellie, <laughs> like, exactly because. She is Ellie, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they they said that on the um, podcast too. Yeah, yeah. They mentioned you know Troy has a million voices, so hearing him just speak right. doesn't automatically elicit Joel, but hearing Ashley speak, like you could hear it in the huffing and puffing. But she was like coming up the stairs, and she kind of got hung up on the 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 railing to the stairs or something, and you yep. couldn't see her face. But you heard her say, like, oh, fuck. And I, it was 100% <laughs> Ellie. It was, yep. I don't know. It was, it made me smile for whatever reason. But no, it was great. That was cool. It, it was a nice, like, passing of the torch kind of thing. You yeah. Know? Um, I mean, it really reminded me of Chrissy from Family Ties. So if you guys want to say wait, it's Ellie from the uh, game, Oh, Coley, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you, a chance to go back and rethink what you just said and make the correction before I do it. I remember it was oh, it was growing pains, wasn't it? Growing pains. Oh, growing pains. Yes, oh, growing shoot. pains. Sorry. Oh, oof. oof. I you remember. Was it still Chrissy? Yes. Yeah. I remember the episode when Chrissy and and uh, growing pain family ties. Growing pains. <laughs> when, when, when <laughs> I remember the episode and of growing pains when Chrissy said, "Ah, oh, fuck." <laughs> It was probably when Leonardo DiCaprio came on. Probably. <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah, because so. she realized that he was after her and trying to date her. Yeah. Yep. So. Good times. Oh, growing beans. Not family ties. That was such a womp good show. Womp. That's okay. I knew what you meant. Um, <laughs> so that whole beginning is not part of, of the games. And it, they kept it pretty well under the wraps because um, even at the end of episode eight, when they showed the previews, they didn't show anything about that. That came out just a couple of days before the game, if I or the the last episode, if I remember right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That 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 preview <laughs> at the end of episode eight really showed nothing. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so I I'm and, curious how you feel about the addition of this more or less new content, this origin story of Ellie. Well, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts, though, because you read the comic, didn't you? Yeah, that, this wasn't and in the comic. Um, it wasn't? Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was American Mothers or whatever it was. Well, maybe there's two sets of comics. I don't know. I read the first set, the uh, American Dreams one. I don't remember this right. at all, frankly. I'm um, pretty sure it actually wasn't in, in that comic. 
I know that oh, Neil okay. had talked about he'd written up a story because they were going to do a short animated film on it, and then that got scrapped. Um, right, right, and right. And then they decided to tell it here. Actually, there was two other. There was another chance where he was going to tell the story, and that also got scrapped. Um, because yeah, I've yeah, you're right. Nobody's ever really known like a who's who Ellie's mom was, not even her name. Um, and B like the whole concept that Ellie was born right after Anna got bitten. And that's what caused her immunity was like never guessed by anybody that I can think of that I can recall. Yeah, that's true. That that's completely new. Yeah. I thought there was a comic about Ellie's mom, but I guess maybe not. No, I don't think there is. Um, Yeah, yeah, that whole sequence where she gets bit and then the baby just pops out. Yeah. I mean, it was on its way, right? Like, well, I'm not sure the baby just popped out. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that she was pretty close to popping out. All right. All right. And then the stress and then the physical attack, you know, she's. Yeah. I don't know how she got through it. There was nobody there fanning her with the hospital room <laughs> menu for three hours straight. The epi- epidural had to have worn off by then. I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was a really cool I scene. I have a lot of questions that like are really, the more you think about it, the more confused I get. But right? it was a pretty good addition. Um, real quick, my biggest question is, if Ellie had the cordyceps in her from birth... And then we saw in episode one that when she scans, she turns red. How has she not been scanned in 14 years living in a Fedra camp? Like that just doesn't make sense to me. Mm. Um, well, no, I don't, I don't think, I think she got like, well, that's a good question, I guess. But I guess. I don't think she ever scanned as infected until she got bit with Riley. Sure. Right, but to Jeremy's point. Right. She had the cordyceps, according to this doctor, in her brain. Yeah, but if you have time. COVID antibodies, that doesn't mean that you're testing positive for COVID. It could. I'm still testing positive for COVID. You could, this many but days later. you can have the antibodies and test negative. Right. Sure. Anyway, I was just curious, like, how that just a regular Dr. Fauci over here. Thank <laughs> and you then much. Joel told Ellie that infected aren't in the forests, but this infected person was chasing Anna through the forest. Well, yeah, so that was that. also 14 years ago. Yeah, that's kind of how I did that. And why were why 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 did. Why did Marlene and the other fireflies let some clearly nine-month pregnant woman just wander off by themselves? That's a good question, too. Yeah, I don't know. That's all I got That's on that, though. Story for another time, maybe. But yeah. my other question is... But also, Marlene was really good friends with her. Oh, yeah, they were besties. So. But my other question is, she got bit and popped that baby out. Yeah. And then immediately killed... The infected. The infected. Yeah. And then cut the cord. Correct. So Ellie was not necessarily... I mean, how... 
Right. It, it just seems like a super quick. short amount of time for right. that to have gotten into Ellie's system. Yeah. Yes. So I wasn't really sure. Like I, I didn't even think about that being the reason for Ellie's immunity until about halfway through the episode. And I said to Dylan, I was like, wait, do you think that's why Ellie's immune? And, um, but when I listened to the companion podcast the next morning, that they actually confirmed that that was why she was immune. So, so I said it's Dan as soon as we saw the baby born. Yeah. Right. And saw that her bit, saw that. And it was bit. I said, well, that's how Ellie became immune. Yeah. But it does seem pretty quick um, to travel. Very quick. Right through the umbilical yes. cord and through the bloodstream. Right. <laughs> right. But maybe it was just enough. I mean, I guess if you shoot up heroin, it gets into your system pretty quickly, right? Or any sure. other drug for that matter. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So. But why? Yeah. I guess, yeah. And also, it's a TV show, so I suppose we got to give them There's some... <laughs> Some. I mean, (laughs) but how'd you? How? What did you think of Ashley Johnson's performance? I thought it was great. I love Chrissy. I've always loved Chrissy. Um, (laughs) Like on Growing Pains, she was just a sarcastic, smart-ass little sister, and you know, like that's just who she is. I'm pretty sure as a person, and I think that's why she played Ellie so well. I think her performance as, as Anna was was good. You know, I don't uh, I don't know how much work she does. I don't I don't see her in a lot of things. Um, she said she'd never given birth. Yeah. You know, played a role where she had to give birth, but um, like the uh, just the things that she said when the baby was born to Ellie, like. This is obviously writing and directing, but acting as well. It was you could just tell that she was Ellie's mom, right? Like her attitude, yeah. her her outlook on whatever. <coughs> so I thought she did a good job. It was really cool to see her and um uh Troy get parts. It would have been super neat to see Nolan North in there somewhere, but that's okay. Yeah. It's all right. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought that scene was great and I loved how she is talking to Ellie and she's like, yeah, you, you tell him, Yeah, you know? Yeah, when I was crying. Um, I think she did great as a woman who's given birth. I think, you know, she played it very well. Yeah. I mean, she did not have somebody fanning her with a room service menu for three hours. I worked really hard that morning. I know it was exhausting for you. Very, it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I know. Yeah, I know. Couldn't stop. They should have written that into. If I had stopped, <laughs> if I stopped, you yelled at me. I still can't believe he got snubbed for man of the year that year. That's just ridiculous. Right? I know. Yeah. Seriously. I know. Yeah. I I know. It's not and right. every year at Quinn's birthday, I hear how exhausting that was for him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Poor Daniel. And my mom. And your mom. My mom and Dan both go in on the how exhausting. The audacity my of you, Coley, to, to not make that <laughs> experience more easy for them. That my labor was for them. Yes. <laughs> I'm a sucker for a good apocalyptic birth scene, though. You are? Yes. That's a weird statement. Okay, <laughs> give me your top three. <laughs> but I love it. Give me your top three apocalyptic birth scenes. Oh, I really only I really only have two, but... I guess babies in the apocalypse also. Is like, the other one really from like, The Walking Dead? 
Oh, yeah, there's that one, too. Okay, so there's three. Um, yes. Yes. Okay. Walking Dead. Um, yeah, when... when uh, what is that baby's name? I don't even know. Well, I mean, there's actually two of them. There's Judith and whatever Maggie's baby's name is. Oh, I wasn't thinking of Maggie's baby. I was thinking of, um, you know, the main guy's baby there. Shane? <laughs> Oh, right, it was Shane's baby, right. Whatever. The first season. Yeah, her um, name was or, Judith. Okay. Um, and then The Quiet Place. Quiet Place when when she gives birth hmm. in the farmhouse. Have you seen A Quiet Place? No, I have not. Oh, my gosh, you got to see A Quiet Place. Okay, I'll put it, it on so my list. It's so good. And two. They're both very good. And then, of course, this. But then also honorable mention to uh, Children of Men. You don't see the baby being born, but there's baby stuff. Yes. There's a baby. Okay. In the apocalypse. Yeah. All right. Good to know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yes. Kudos to Ashley. Good addition to the story and to the episode. Next, we transition yeah. to Joel. Wait. One more thing. <laughs> Yes. When when Marlene is walking up the stairs, the whole time I I was just saying like, "Oh no, please please don't let Anna be infected already." Yeah. Like that would be awful. Um and like like turned, you know. Yeah. Like I when we first heard her kind of mumbling. Yeah. Uh, it sounded like just mumbling, but it was singing. And then, like, as Marlene gets up the stairs, we start to hear it's, like, singing. We start to discern that it is singing, not not that, like, infected moaning they do. Yeah. So I was I was worried at first that, that it was that, and that, like, when Marlene opened the door, she would, she would attack her. So I'm glad that we didn't have to see that. So you're glad we got some closure there? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty rough closure. It is rough closure. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. I mean, pretty quick. You don't got a whole lot of time to, to close, really. It's more of a slammer. Slamger. Slamger. I was so mad at Marlene when she wasn't going to shoot her. I was like, what the hell are you doing? Well, it would be hard, Daniel. Would you shoot me? I guess I didn't realize at that time that, that they were best friends. I thought she was going to make the other guy shoot her. Also, the other guy did a shit job at covering Ellie's ears. It was just for whatever that's worth. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> Their ears. You <laughs> cover them. Yeah. Yeah. He was even told to. He didn't follow orders very well. No, he didn't. All it's right. Fireflies for you. I hope he got murdered at the end. I don't think many lived, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now. All right. So then. Then we transition to, to present. Yes. Joel and Ellie. Yeah. Scavenging. Ellie, Ellie is... And so it's starting to be spring here, right? And the yeah. winter is um, melting off. It's looking like it is right now, like springtime. And um, Ellie is in her... She's she's upset. She's clearly affected by the events of 
episode eight, she's in her head and she is uh, processing everything that happened. And Joel, <laughs> I've never related so much with Joel as I do, in, <laughs> as I did in this scene, because <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> Because he's just trying to like break the tension. Yeah. And because it was so reminiscent of you, like when Quinn or I are just in a place. Yes. And you're just trying so hard and it's so awkward. <laughs> and it's really awkward to I'm watch. Trying so hard to like change the subject and make you guys happy. Mm-hmm. And well, it is I can't. So I'm, out of character for Joel, especially. <laughs> like. Oh, I got some Chef Boyardee and some Boggle. And right. <laughs> Boggle. <laughs> yeah. And there's a busted guitar in there, but. Yeah. He's yeah, even willing to yeah. sing for her to cheer her up. Like right. he's, he's willing to go to all these lengths. And she's just, yeah, she's got some PTSD going on. Like. Yes. Her life changed dramatically in Colorado and it's not a whole lot of time has passed between, you know, I don't think Salt Lake's terribly far from Colorado as far as whatever. And I don't think she was able to go see her therapist along the way. So <laughs> she's kind of in rough shape. I think they did a pretty good job of, of showing that. I think there were times where the Joel felt part just felt so awkward. It almost felt like, like more like, he had done something he had done something terrible terrible and he was trying to act all sweet and innocent to like his spouse or whatever i don't know yeah um, no i can yeah. see that i can see that it was not like it, if i'll be honest it, it reminded me like of, like my mom had this boyfriend that would like and i don't want to go to like these dark places but treat her like shit and then, then just like he would come home or like right after that, he would start doing all these things where he's like, oh, how about we go do this? Wouldn't that be nice? And it was just, yeah, that's kind of how mm-hmm. it made me feel. Not that, well, that's sort not of- that Joel's an abuser, but it just had that feel to it to me. Well, thanks. Now you're making me feel bad because I'm like, you know, talking about how I relate to him. Well, I mean, you got to do. Knock it off. You, you, you got to come to terms with that on your own, Daniel. You and you and maybe your therapist. I don't know. It's similar, but it's different. In in, I I'd, I'd say he's more that at the end of the episode. Oh, definitely. Because he knows he did something wrong. He has more of a guilty conscience at the end of the episode. Here, he's just like that. that he's. He's like that dad who's just trying to be cheery when everybody else in the house is in a bad mood. Yeah. No, but also, I mean, I can see the guilty part of it too, though. Like, I don't know. Now I'm just like, well, that's just it. I think. But like, you know, I think he feels responsible. Yeah, right. And she had to have that horrible thing happen, and yeah, that whole scene, which is just so hard to right. watch. Um. And he wasn't there to protect her because now, you know, he loves her. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he like he didn't yeah. intentionally hurt her, but he feels responsible still. Right. So right. he's trying to overcompensate in right. kindness, and it just gets weird. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad I'm not the only one who felt that that felt weird. Yeah. Because I thought it was just me 
overthinking it. <laughs> no, no, because I felt that way like instantly. I'm like, this is so strange. Okay. Anyway, no, I did too. Not that I, I don't like, get excited kind of over a a uh, you know twenty year old can of Chef Boyardee because that that it would that would probably be, taste the same. Yeah, I think it would not have changed in twenty years. You'd eat the hell out of it. I sure would. I don't know, like. <laughs> Canned goods don't hold up like they used to. They don't, they're, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, if canned goods would last 20 years anymore. They might. Um, I'm not sure Boggle would excite me. I mean, yeah. there would be a clue out there. I know, that's like, like Boggle. I've never, maybe, maybe some like, really? Scrabble. If you got a Yahtzee pad, that might be okay. But. <laughs> some categories. There you go. Uh, but they make their way into the city. Yeah, and this episode is very short, and um, it goes by quick. Yeah, it does. It goes by very quick, which is okay. Um, I'm not going to so much get into what was in the game and what wasn't in the game. Mostly, what they cut out from the game was a whole bunch of infected, like a bunch of infected. Well, it's like your last big challenge, <coughs> right? You're leading up to the, the end, to the to the boss fight and there's not necessarily yeah, a yeah. boss fight in the game where you're fighting one person at the end. It's the challenge of getting through these, these massive amounts of infected and then also through the fireflies. Yeah. Who suddenly have yeah. machine guns and lights on their helmets and you really got to be super careful to sneak around them. So it takes some time. And in the, the infected, there's like three bloaters, right? Something like that. Yeah, like in this puddle of water and um, bunch of clickers and y- yeah. yeah, and the bloated the uh, uh, bloaters seem to be able to teleport somehow. You, you can like <laughs> run from them and reload and turn around, and they're right there. And a bunch of runners. Uh, yeah, there's runners, there's clickers, and there's bloaters. It's kind of all. All at the same time. Um, and there's some pretty intense, like, Uncharted-type navigation as well, where you're on this train and it, or bus and it falls under the water, and Joel's drowning, and Ellie, who can't swim, right. has to save him. You know, like, the entire game, they make a point of, of telling you how Ellie can't swim. Like, it's repeated over and over yeah. and over. And then suddenly she's saving Joel in this underwater scenario. Um so this stuff kind of happens after the giraffes, though, right? No, this is all before the giraffes. It's it's before. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This is no. You're right. This is after the giraffes because it's right after that 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 um the fire that the fireflies. Yeah, get right. There. Yeah. So we got a little bit of a head. So in the show, yes, they head into the city, and um, Joel has this this conversation with Ellie. Um, yeah. About how and this isn't in the game. This isn't the game. He tells her that they don't have to do this. They can turn back. Oh yeah, but the other thing isn't. Which thing? The thing about him trying to kill himself. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. That part is not in the game. Um, what did you think? What did you think of that, Coley? What did you think of that? Um, I don't Hello. know. I, I guess it didn't really like. It didn't really hold a place in my head. <laughs> so really, yeah. I the, so the, that conversation. You were crying. Yeah, I cried. It's I know, the you first were time watching yeah. the show that I actually shed a tear. 
Yeah. I mean, I... And, it, can I explain? Wow. I was just going to say, it very much touched no. me. Oh. <laughs> it very much touched me. This is why I didn't want you on the show. Ooh. I know. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, not the piece of him speaking about trying to commit suicide, but at the end, like, basically, like... He, you know, right. she said time will heal or time will fix it. And he said time didn't fix it. You know, whatever words he said, basically meaning that she... Wasn't time that did it. Yeah. Wasn't time that did it. That touched me. And just the acting with no yeah. words in that scene yep. um, from Bella Ramsey. Excellent. Just excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a good, a, a good addition to the story. I mean, it would have been fine without it, but it didn't hurt anything. And I think it was... Um, pretty neat to to have that moment between them. What were you gonna say? I'm sorry for interrupting. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> oh, so snarky. No, what I really liked about it was that. <clears throat> well, and I said this to you at the time was like the reason I was crying is because I know what happened, and. Right, I did not. Not only what happens at the end of the episode, but also what happens later in the story. And it's just like, ugh, Jeremy, come on, back me up a little. Like, that not affect you? That scene? Yes, that scene affected me. Yeah. It was was great. It was more because of the personal, like, admiration I have – for the bond between Joel and Ellie, like from the game that um, I kind of talked about in the earlier episodes, I didn't think they did a great job of establishing that, but they more than made up for it in the last, I don't know, five episodes. Yeah. Um, And this just kind of solidified that. Like you knew, you knew after episode eight that Joel was all in and that's part of him being kind of cheesy at the beginning too, is because like he's, he's almost in like this euphoric mode because he feels alive again. Kind of, he feels like he has something to live for again. Right. And he's sharing this very personal detail with, with Ellie, this person that he, you know, literally six months earlier, time wise told her she was just cargo and tried to pawn her off on several other people. Um, as recent as just a couple of months before that with, with Tommy, so for Joel, this guy that hasn't really shared anything to to start opening up about Sarah and um which of course we hear later on in the episode a lot more, but opening up about Sarah and then, you know, telling her that the person that shot me was me and then just kind of going on about that, that just kind of showed that bond. Like he he was in it. Um, in the game, like they don't have that conversation, but that's about the time that he, that Ellie gives him that picture of him and Sarah that Tommy had had that he refused from Tommy. Right. Um, so that, that, you know, that, that's kind of the, the same feeling you got there cause he accepted it and he thanked her. And that was something that he wasn't even able to do just a couple months before that. So yeah, that moment definitely impacted yeah. me. I thought it was. A beautiful yeah, people the show. who only watched the show and didn't play the game might not know, but yeah, Tommy had a picture of him and Sarah 
that he tried to give to him when they were at J- at Jackson, and he wouldn't take it. A picture of Joel and Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it was like he just he wasn't ready to go back to that headspace. He wouldn't even talk about looking. Sarah. Like it just couldn't no. even be discussed. Period. Right. <clears throat> and he he just wasn't emotionally. Um, going to let his guard down still so it's um yeah it's almost like as ellie is as ellie is i don't know losing her innocence or breaking maybe joel's healing from that and it's just another right like fucked up consequence of this world that they're living in yeah and it's also yeah it's Fucked up too because, you know, he's in a better place. She's in a worse place, and then he does what he does at the end, mm-hmm. and takes her agency away. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. It's yeah. It's rough. They um they continue to head deeper in the city. And he stops and says, hey, I don't know where this hospital is at, but I'm sure we'll find it. And then I think this is when he tells her that, you know, we can turn around. We can go to, to Jackson and, and be with Tommy. Um, and she, you know, she, he says, we don't, we don't know what's in there, but we've ran into trouble everywhere we went. And she said, yeah, but we're still here. And she does her um speech about, you know, everything that, that I've done, speaking about herself, it can't be for nothing. You know, she has to to make it to the hospital and and become what she thinks is going to be the hope for humanity. Well, that com- that conversation's after the giraffes, isn't it? I thought it was right before the giraffes. Then what's the conversation they have after the, after the giraffes? I don't know. Coley, what's the conversation they have right after the giraffes? <laughs> I don't know. It's that. Is it that? Okay. Yes. Yeah, I think it's that. Fine, Daniel. Sorry. Fine. <laughs> so. Well, right before the, there was that moment where he was like, so I don't know how to get there. She's like, we're going to go in the building. We're oh, gonna yeah, find yeah. Find a skyscraper. Right. We're going to look across, you know. Yeah. It's like, actually, we're. Found some, found oh, some no. Or was the conversation dynamite. after the giraffes where she said, it's a really great view? No, she does say that, but then oh. they say more. Okay. Yeah. But it was just funny because she just like mimicked him. Like a daughter would a dad. I have to take the dog About, you know, like. Yes. So we're going to go up. We're going to find a skyscraper. We're going <laughs> to. Yeah, she, she knows exactly what he's going to say. And then he tries right. to counter it by saying, actually, I was going to blow a hole through that that debris there because I found a bunch of dynamite in the uh, RV. And she was like, really? And he was like, no, we're <laughs> going to we're gonna go into this building up to the skyscraper and get a good view. And, you know, exactly what she had right. said. Yep. Um, yeah, I can't remember which uh, the sequence was at this I, point. I think I, don't, it was I only watch it once, <laughs> so yeah. I don't, don't rewatch. I think it was the conversation. <laughs> I can watch it five times and still get it messed up. I'm pretty sure it was the conversation about, uh, you know, time isn't what healed it. And then they're yeah. walking through that area, and then they start. They go into that building where um, he boosts her up to get the ladder. Right. And that's when she sees something in the distance. Right. 
And Dan was telling me that, like, in the game, there's a lot of that boosting up. Like, yeah. You hit certain buttons to... Yeah, to go up and stuff like that. It's one of those, you know, it's a gameplay mechanic where there just happens to be ladders spread out right where you need them, but you can't quite reach them, so you have to work together. Right. Um, but yeah, she gets up there and then she starts. She's like, "Come on, come on, you have to see yeah. this." Yeah, it doesn't on. even really put the ladder down for him; just kind of like tosses. No, just it. lets it drop. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So he has to put it up. It was the first time you see her. Or hear her sort of have a spark in her voice again after Colorado. Yeah, exactly. Are you back then? And it's a neat... Yes, I am. It's a neat um, convergence of gameplay and storytelling that um, the game didn't do all that often. But I love when games do that. Um, when they use what you've learned the whole game... Um, to tell the story in an interesting way, it's like it's like when when you teach um, Trico how to fly in The Last Guardian, or when the brother has to swim on his own once his other brother. Spoilers for Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons. When the other brother dies at the end of that game, and you have to swim despite your fear of water. Like I love when a game uses the mechanics to um, make you feel what the character is feeling. So, like, and this is a little moment, but it matters, you know? Like, you're expecting Ellie to do what she always does when you hit the triangle button. She comes over, you give her a boost, she lowers the ladder down to you, Mm -hmm. but then she doesn't. And she doesn't come over, and then she doesn't lower the ladder down to you, and it's, it's just cool. Yeah, no, it is. It's it's fun. And then we make our way through this building, which was Jeremy's favorite cool. part. Favorite part. Not just me. There's a lot of people, and yeah. they did. I think they did this very well, and um, very similar to to the way the game did it. But Ellie sees something, and you kind of have to chase her. You don't really see what she saw. It takes. You have to go into a couple different rooms down, and then down like this walkway, um, and then you come into this building that's got a hole in the side of the wall, and you see uh, this giraffe. And I didn't know if it was CGI or not, but we later found out that the giraffe was real. Um, I thought it was CGI too. And it's just this beautiful moment where Ellie, you know, and Joel just have this moment with nature and this beautiful giraffe and Ellie feeds it and she's smiling and happy and the giraffe walks off and they go around and come outside and down some stairs and they see like a whole herd of giraffes and that's when they have the conversation about yeah um you know the ups and downs but but you can't deny that view and the music that's yeah, playing right then the- is beautiful well it's the same music right it is the same music but it's just it's the same same music as the game which is cool that's that feeling you get yep that feeling you get because you just get that sense that it's the last calm before the storm yeah that nothing is going to be the same for either of them after that and you're not really sure why and I think Joel has that sense as well, which is why he that's when he does have this conversation and tells her, you know, they can just turn around. 
Right. Um, and that's when she says, after everything I did, it can't be all for nothing. And yeah, you have to wonder what she's thinking of when she says after everything I've done, like, mm -hmm. is she referring to Kansas city? Is she referring to David? Is she referring to Riley? You know, or even, even the guard outside of the Fedra camp, like, you yeah. know, she stabbed him in the leg and that's, that ended up getting him killed because he scanned her, right. you know, like a lot of different yeah. things. Um, so when I when she says that, I think she literally means everything. She doesn't say we. She doesn't include yeah. Joel in it. She she's talking no, about herself. She, means, she says her. Yeah. I took it as everything. Yeah. Just. Um, the giraffe. Yeah. I even said to you, I was like, it's too bad that the giraffe is CGI. I wish that it was a real giraffe. You did, and is... I was thinking, I I think I think it's real, but I didn't. I figured you knew it was CGI, so I didn't want to be like, oh, I think it's real. It looks so CGI to kept me. It to I think the reason it looked fake is because of the background. It Just the way that it was shot on the background, I think it gives like objects a, a certain type of glow, you know? So it just, I don't know, it looked fake to me. Yeah, but it was real. Yeah. And it was beautifully Man, done. It was very cool how they filmed it and everything. Yes. Yeah, I was I was happy, and for a moment I was worried that they weren't going to have the following scene where they were looking at all the giraffes walking away. And yeah, of course Dylan had to say something like, "How would there still be giraffes? People would have killed them and eaten them by now." And I was like, "Damn it, Dylan, knock it off, knock it off." <laughs> I don't want to think about that. <laughs> He's probably not wrong. Damn it, still. Dylan. Hell, yeah. yeah. Um, thanks. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Dylan. Yeah. Jerk. Yeah. So they walk off, and next thing you know is you see a uh, like a flashbang grenade roll at their feet. Well, they're talking. No. No? Not next thing you know. What? First, they need to, to read some puns. That is true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know. Um, Are you shoot. trying to remember one? I'm trying to remember <laughs> the apocalypse pun. What's the apocalypse pun? I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, I remember the. I remember the meteor one. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd have to go back and look. But yes. No, but I said like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. Everybody's. Yes. Everybody's talking about the apocalypse. It's like, like there's, there's no, no tomorrow. tomorrow that's that's it. Like that. yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When we were watching it during that part, I because I didn't know what was going to happen. I have no clue. And I said to him, like, they are too lackadaisical yeah, walking yeah. through there. I literally said yeah. that. And then, <laughs> and then you could see the guys in the background. I saw a guy running in. Like you see a guy like behind a couple of crates first. Yeah. Before the other guy who comes out and throws the flashbang. And I was like, oh, no, another mistake. <laughs> another, like, oh, no, is that a crew member? <laughs> and then you see, you know. Yep. And they wake up. Joel wakes uh, up with Marlene in his yes. presence. And Yeah. And this is all very similar to the game. Um, 
What do you think of this, Jeremy? Because I really was hoping to get a little more from this. Like I just, what? I don't, man, I just, I wish that we had gotten a scene with the doctor or something. You know, some something else. Um, you mean before you, this? Yeah, yeah, with Marlene, like an. Oh, like a conversation? Just, yes. Yeah, so in the game, you actually... A conversation that we see in... in, Or is, at least is hinted at in yeah. part two. Yeah. I think that would... That, yeah, that would have been helpful. In the, in the game, as you're searching through the hospital, trying to make your way through, you find some notes and you find a couple voice recorders yeah. that share a lot of the context. Of the conversations exactly. that Marlene has had with the doctor. So there is that. The right. show is more just like, well, this guy said it, and I have no choice but to trust him, so I'm just going to let him kill my best friend's daughter that I swore to protect. And you're like, well, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, show yeah, us, show us the science. To to right? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh, all of a sudden, they've had her for five minutes, and this guy's like, I'm going to, you know. Yeah. Right. It, it was It was a little, yeah. Yeah, so I guess I just had to assume that, and maybe it was because I just played the game, so in my head I already kind of knew that. But clearly the doctor had sold her on it at some point. I don't think she's just like, oh, yeah, go ahead and do it. Um, But one of the questions I'd ask myself is, okay, so the Fireflies are all, like, dedicated and loyal to to the cause, which the cause is actually to overthrow Fedra, but now they have this other cause where it is to to find a cure because they see a potential to do that. And at this point, Marlene has figured out that Ellie is infected because Anna got bitten right before, or Ellie is immune because Anna got bitten right before she gave birth. And I'm thinking to myself, why can't she just get some like kidnap or, or capture, you know, an infected lock them up. I thought the same thing. <laughs> find one of the fireflies that's willing to sacrifice their life, knock her up. <laughs> and then, right. <laughs> right. Right as she's giving birth, <laughs> have this infected biter. And then they could take this baby that nobody's gotten attached to yet <laughs> and make a cure out of I, that. And if they're super quick, they, they could even cure the woman that just got gave birth. Like, right? I thought the same thing. That's so funny. I thought the same thing. Well, I didn't think they could cure the mom, but... I mean, best case scenario. Like, not likely, but best case scenario. (laughs) Little loft. But all these these fireflies are willing to die, you know, for whatever. So let let one of them do it. But then the (laughs) other thing that you have to tell yourself, uh, that you have to think about, is um, another callback to... Children of Men, because it is my favorite movie. So um, in that movie, there's these two groups, and there's people can't have babies anymore. That's what causes the apocalypse. Women have, across the world, become infertile, and this one woman has a child, and she's the only, she's the first baby in, this is the first baby in 20 years. And there's a rebel group that, uh, you're friendly with at first, and then they, and then there's the the Fedra style like government that is awful, and t- 
turns out the the rebel group and the government are both just trying to get this baby so that they have power. So like I have to ask myself like the fireflies what is their purpose for having this cure, right? What is their ultimate goal? Is it really to restore society because how are you even going to do that? Or is it to leverage the cure for power? Right? Right. Like ultimately it just seems like I I don't tr- I I don't think there's ever been a reason to trust their motivations. I know that you know among the fandom um of the games the fireflies are kind of like this ideal, right? They're they're it's like Having a Firefly sticker is like having a Star Wars Rebel sticker on uh, on your laptop, right? It's <clears throat> similar, um, but to me, I feel like I it's more like having as, like a like a Gadsden flag than a Star Wars emblem. Yeah, like yeah, like they're revolutionists. They think they are. I they think they are. Yeah, I don't know what and their end game is. I, I understand what you're yeah. saying because so the vast majority of survivors still live in Fedra quarantine zones so they create this cure are they just gonna hand it over to fedra i highly doubt it right like they're they're not gonna do that exactly so what is their plan i don't know yeah but it doesn't ultimately matter i mean but it is something that you think about when you think about whether or not joel was right in what he did and that's a point for joel i i would say you know yes so Marlene explains to Joel kind of what's going on, and he realizes that to get the cordyceps and Ellie, they're going to have to operate on her brain, which will kill her. <clears throat> and, of course, he's not having that. Um, and uh, Marlene, for whatever reason, even though she knows Joel, decides to let him live and yeah. tells a couple of her guys to walk him out to the highway and give him his pack. So he sees this probably as his best opportunity to to escape and get out of it. So he, he goes with them, and they start you know going down some stairs, and, of course, he makes a move and ends up killing them both, um, shoots one in the knee, kills the other one, then, then asks the one that he shoots in the knee where the where Ellie's at, and he tells her. So he goes up the stairs. He, he really has a thing for knees. He does. He does. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just been a running theme that he hurts people in the knees before he kills them. Yeah. He played a lot of Resident Evil yeah. 4. You want to shoot him in the knee, and then you can roundhouse kick him. Yeah. And you save ammo that way. He's had yeah. ex- he's had good luck getting um, information out of people that way. It's true. <laughs> and he goes up through the hospital, and in the game, this is a tedious process, because like I said, everybody's heavily armed, wearing armor. And they all have these lights on them that if you get caught in the light, whether they can see you or not, it sparks everybody to come to your area. Um, But in this case, they essentially just played some music and he just walks through and and mows down a whole lot of people, which obviously is more fit for a a TV show, you know? Um, Yeah. And like... I feel like the ending is like this tense moment, but it's also extremely anticlimactic as in like he just is able to somehow walk right into the operating room. 
<clears throat> like it's not locked. Yeah. It's not heavily armed. Somehow the doctors did they not hear? Somehow, yeah, somehow the doctors and the nurses didn't hear all the commotion. <laughs> um, Apparently, it's a soundproof uh, operating room. And the doctor, you know, picks up a scalpel, and instead of doing the one thing that may help him, like where he could have threatened to cut Ellie's throat, he like holds it at Joel, which is just stupid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Joel doesn't even think twice. He just kills him. And, and that's it, you know, as far as, as that part. And then of course he has to get out of there, but in the game, you can actually kill the nurses too. If you're really cold blooded. Yes. I'm glad that the show didn't do that. If I'm being honest, I don't really know why. I think canonically he doesn't right in, in part two. I think it doesn't, kind of show the events again and he doesn't yeah i think when it does that recap where you're not playing as joel like it's just showing it yeah yeah um fun fact one of the nurses is played by uh laura bailey who is the voice actress for abby in the second game so that's a i was just gonna say that sorry you can say it listen to you Daniel, well, no, you said out. it first. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> but I was really trying to search for the for her name. <laughs> like Laura I was Bailey like, and no, no, no. Yeah. I was trying to. I couldn't think of the Abby name, Abby. Oh. so that's why I was biting my tongue because I couldn't think of the name. Abby is a big character in the second game. You have said all I know is there's an Abby in a sheep farm. Or Man, you really don't listen when I blabber on about games. That's because you don't Cause shut up. I know. She probably listens for the first four <laughs> minutes and then at 28 minutes she's like, Jesus, just knock it off, Daniel. It's it's totally, you know what it is? It's the teacher in the Peanuts. I can feel the love tonight, even before we started recording. <laughs> that 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 trip to Providence can't get here fast enough. I have a feeling. I think the trip to New Jersey like really negatively affected us or something. Do I need to come no. stay the weekend with Quinn no. so you guys can have a getaway? I know because I know I talked about part two like over and over, and I I distinctly remember one night when you were popping pimples on my back, and I was just going on and on about. About the story. I basically recapped the whole story to you. I remember it. I was busy. Wow. She was busy. Wow. I was wow. busy. I have, to, I have to concentrate. Good. I'm glad you don't remember it because you, <laughs> you, you, you're in for something. Great. Now, the next time I play The Last of Us Part 2, all I think about is your back pimples. <laughs> <laughs> so, Coley, I'm, I'm curious. How, yes. how did you feel about Joel's decision? So, I have to back up a second. Okay. Um, Go as far back as you want. Through. Go as far back as I want. Um, I said to Dan, I had a hard time with the scene with him going through the hospital. Mm. Not necessarily because he was killing everybody. I mean, I guess it's kind of par for the course in the show that we were watching. I don't love it, but um, was how it was shot. Uh, how they shot just his feet and stuff was just really reminiscent of um maybe too many datelines that i've watched about school shooters and it was just really reminiscent of like just a school shooter being in a hallway just like mowing kids down and it i had a hard time with that and that's probably just me that thought that but it was just the way it was shot with just really felt 
icky. Yeah, I mean, it's reminiscent, but not really, because the kids in schools aren't armed. But yeah, no, I, I understand. I but it was just—it's just the heavy boots in the hallway, and you know, bullets flying. Right, it was just reminiscent of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I saw it when when you pointed that. <laughs> I, could, I could see it. Yeah, I think the way they shot that with it just being, you know, nonstop one scene of him just taking people out. Um, right. Right. Yeah, it felt very much like somebody that was completely unhinged and was just out to kill as many people as possible. Right. And, so that, and often that's what school shooters or any mass shooter is doing. True, mass shooter, right. Right. So that was unnerving. Um, so it was interesting. Dan and I were talking about it after, and... I'm like super torn with what he did. Yes. But there is a part of me because I have major abandonment issues because <laughs> my father has never been a part of my life. Um, my parents got divorced when I was nine months old and he chose to not be around. And so that piece of me that has not healed from that was just thought that it was it really touched me that he was willing to do that for, you know, who he's thinking his daughter is now, right? He would go to the ends of the earth. He would do anything for her. And that broken piece of me, that resonated with me. It's probably not the right thing to resonate with, but that's what resonated with no, me. No, I absolutely understand no. it. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, I think there's a lot to that. And I'm not, uh, that's how, how it made you feel. And, I didn't really grow up with a dad either. And I don't know if that's why I was so attached to, to the bond that they had, but um, I never thought it was the right thing necessarily, but I certainly understood it. And I've always said, if that was me, I would do the same thing. Like without hesitation. I just know, I know that I would. Um, I see it more of his, of him doing it for himself though, as much as he is for her. Like, he needs, oh, yeah. he needs Ellie yes. at this point. Yes. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. But I guess the, the part of me that's not healed is, I guess maybe there's like some, I mean, he's a character, but envious, right? Envious of Ellie that there was a father figure yeah. that needed her that badly. Yeah. That would do that for her. I think that's a, you know, a, it just goes to show how good the story is, how well written it was and how well. Mm-hmm. Um, in the TV show sense, produced and directed it was. Because you do feel yeah, that absolutely. bond. I feel I felt in the game, you really felt that bond more, but certainly in the show, you still absolutely felt it. Like, you, you could understand where Joel was coming from, even if you didn't agree with him. I felt. Right. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. I mean, there was no side rails on the beds in the hospital, like, up, so kind of had a problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You also said something that was really interesting. I did? I thought. Oh, wow. About anesthesia (laughs) and how it works. Oh, yeah. So they had like, so they put the mask over her face for the anesthesia. Uh And then they just like took it away. And you need to have oxygen or breathing tube and stuff. Like you can't just have anesthesia and like be breathing on your own. Yeah. Because anesthesia suppresses your respiratory system. Yes. So she would have died. She would have, yeah. 
You're right. And I she was just that. out for a really long time, like in the car and all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, no, nah, this is not how this goes. Yes. Good point. I also found it fascinating that they have to run this hospital off of generators and they chose to power the elevator of all things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, huh. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe they needed to, I don't know. Who knows? Whatever. Well, maybe they were going to use the elevator to bring the oxygen machine up and just hadn't gotten around to there it. There you yet. go. They just hadn't gotten there yet. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Those transporters, they just take forever. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, why? And, and you know, you, they make a point to point out that that uh, her surgery is in pediatric surgery. When, you know, that's on a different floor. They could have just done everything, like, on the first floor. <laughs> yeah, no, that was Who weird, else too. Who like, using this hospital? Yeah. Actually, yeah, they have the whole hospital. It's like this, <laughs> this doctor's insisting because he's still a doctor, right? Like, you know, how doctors can right. be. I don't know. I just like this. Yeah, room. yeah, yeah. They're like, no, I'm sorry. That is, I only do surgery in pediatric yeah. suite one. <laughs> yes, exactly. that is it. I have so, the best luck in that room. I don't care that it's 10 floors up and we need do a Do you have three letters after your name? No. <laughs> We're doing it in the pediatric ward. Uh, Either would he. PhD. No, MD. What's the difference? (laughs) MD is medical. MD is medical. PhD PhD? is... is Like the therapist you're going to go see pretty soon. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Uh. Sorry. Uh, I'll... uh edit that (laughs) it's either md or do so it's either medical doctor or doctor so wait a medical doctor isn't also a phd no No. i mean i suppose i I could be if you had if you managed to go to school for 30 years and do both i guess you could be but phd is more like like kristen has a phd kristen has a phd yeah stephanie has a phd it's like external medicine internal medicine maybe i don't know how how to explain it but even I know well, that. Right. Like, so they're still doctors, but they're not doctors of medicine. Yeah, I'm gonna take the dog out again. <laughs> Bogey, you have to go out. No, Bogey. Daniel's go out. So, how? What kind of emotion did the TV show elicit in you? And was it different from what the game did the first time you played it? And if so, why do you think? Uh, yeah. So at the end, when I finished the game the first time, I remember texting you, being like, "Wait, so Joel was the bad guy?" Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, and he's now that I'm a dad, you know, that was 2013. Yeah. So it was eight months before I became a dad. Mm-hmm. And now that I am a dad, I have a completely different view on it. And I, yeah, no, I'm with you. I, was it the wrong thing to do? Yeah, probably. But would I have done the same thing? I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. don't even really know that it was the wrong thing to do because we still don't know for sure. Like, I don't know. Could they really have made a cure out of that? With Right, exactly. With one right. with one doctor that doesn't even know how to use anesthesiology. Uh, I mean, let's, right. let's, let's be real here. But um, <laughs> he probably has a PhD <laughs> and not even an MD. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Probably. What an idiot. He's probably just like a physician's assistant, right? Nurse practitioner. 
Um, it's probably like an archaeologist or something. <laughs> Dr. Jones. Anyway, <laughs> so this isn't the end of the show. There's still actually a fair amount left. So Joel scoops Ellie up and uh, takes her out of the hospital and goes down to the basement in the parking garage and gets off the elevator and Marlene is there. And she's trying to convince him that it's not too late, that that they can still fix this, that Ellie can still be used to cure cordyceps. And, of course, you know, she says that's what Ellie would want. Um, Comments that he didn't give her a choice. He says something about her not giving Ellie a choice, and she's like, either did you. Um, Here's my question about that yeah. scene, and I've always had this question <clears throat> since since I played the game because um, the game doesn't expand on it either. And um, pretty much from the point when they meet the Fireflies to the very credits beginning, there it's, it goes beat for beat with the game. I mean, it, it's, it, it, it's pretty much exactly how it goes in the game. Yeah. So, um, there's, did the fireflies really never have a conversation with Ellie to explain like, here's what we're going to do. No, they didn't. And, they didn't. And in the game, you, you know that a little bit more from Marlene's notes and those voice recordings that you find. All right. I didn't listen to those things and read that stuff. And of course you didn't. Cause you're all about that instant gratification, Daniel. You you, you don't. No. You know why I don't true. do that? Certain points in the game, I will not do that. Because at that point in the game, it was all about pacing for me. I was like, this is the climax. I am not going to stop and ruin the pacing of this moment and slow it down to read a note or listen to this audio recording. Mm-hmm. Nope, not doing it. That's the definition of instant gratification. I'm, I'm sorry for you, Coley. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Anyway. Bogey, you gotta go out. <laughs> um, so, yes, they 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 don't tell Ellie what's actually happening. I think if they had... Well, why would they? If they had, and she, she probably would have still agreed to it. Um, like, if the show or yeah. the game had made it clear that they had, and that Ellie wanted that... Then I think it would be without question that Joel was not only did the wrong thing, but also like he should not have done it because then he completely took Ellie's choice away from her, <coughs> which he did, but she hadn't really made a choice. So I don't really know. But you have a good point, babe. Why would they? Why would they? Because they don't know Ellie. They don't know that if they said to her, we are going to drill into your brain, pull the corseps out and you'll be dead. That she'd be like, I'm good with that because I want to be able to help cure, you know, yeah, they, the world. They don't know Ellie. They didn't just they travel cross her. country with so her. Right. So they're not going to say to her, we're going to cut your brain open and you will die. Yeah. Right. And it's not like they're going to get sued for malpractice. So they don't really have to. True. That's true. Yeah. Um, My other question is, I mean, I guess we don't know what the corseps really does in her brain because... There's millions of people that have brain surgery and don't die from Correct. it. Correct. Well, I think the so. the I think the idea is that the cordyceps like wraps itself around your brain, so it would be so oh, in- yeah, like the tendrils. Yeah, thing. it would be so intrusive that there would really be no mm-hmm. chance of 
of um I mean also this doctor knows nothing about anesthesia or really how to hold a scalpel so True. And she didn't have a chance. Marlene had also said that the doctor said that like something about her leg. So like if the cordyceps is in her leg, why could they not just take it from there? Why does it have to come from the brain? I don't know. And we saw in episode two when the, yeah, I guess maybe to get the, the core of it, the mitochondrial, whatever. Yeah. None of us have any PhDs yet. It's true. Or MDs for that matter. Or I, I have an RN. I, I have a friend that's a DO. That's it. (laughs) What's the DO? Doctor doctor. of ontology. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Joel Cole is waiting for me to say something about her RN. I'm not going to say a word. Why? I think that no. I you're waiting for me to. You're staring at me like you think I'm going to make some joke about your RN. Why would you make a joke about being an RN degree? I wouldn't. Oh. That's the thing. I would never do that. I don't know why she's looking at me like that. I see. This is why I didn't want you on the show. <laughs> this is why. <laughs> So Joel shoots Marlene. <laughs> you too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Joel. Uh, well, so yeah, we don't. Pulls a little, pulls so a little sneaky, weird. shoots shoots her from underneath Ellie's legs. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't even know really why he did that. They were just kind of talking. And then he was like, you know what? Enough of this shit. And shoots her. Hello? Well, No. They weren't just talking. She she had a gun pointed at him. But she They weren't just talking. <laughs> I mean they were. If that if that's how you think just talking goes. Remind me when you say you need to talk to me to, I mean, to get a gun. Isn't that just commonplace? Like like Bill? I, Bill <laughs> eats lunch. This isn't Montana. Bill eats lunch with his gun. We don't all live in Montana. So anyway, Joel, we can agree that Joel shoots Marlene, right? And yes. goes and puts Ellie in the car. Marlene's kind of bleeding out yeah. and trying to reach for her gun as she's crawling across the uh, floor. And she begs Joel yeah. to let her live. And he says, no, you'll just come after her and, and execute her. Double taps. And Double taps? Yeah, yeah. You gotta double tap and make sure they're uh, really dead. I don't know. I only heard one shot, but what do I know? Um, yeah, but isn't the double tap the just the? Never mind. It's, <laughs> it's just the second shot. But the well, but generally they're consecutive. The two shots. They're, they're generally consecutive, not like Fine. shoot you in the gut, let you crawl across the floor, and then come back and shoot you again. That's not really a double tap. That's just a Fine. execution. Um. Semantics, I suppose. He. What other things can I say wrong tonight? <laughs> I'm just. I'm like I learned something. You learn something new every day. I didn't know what a double tap was. Well, okay. So a double tap is generally referred to as two shots right to the chest, quickly. Jeremy's gun corner. Quickly. Okay. It's it's more of a military thing. Okay, gotcha. Because you want to make sure they're dead. So you don't wait to make sure they're alive and then shoot them again because in that time they could shoot you. Right. So it's just like a tactic where where you shoot them in the chest twice. 
quickly. Um, so tap tap. Gotcha. Um, All right. Sorry. So anyway. <laughs> so anyway, they're 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 driving in the car. Ellie starts yep. to to come around. Ellie wakes up and yeah. Um, she says something about fireflies or whatever, and and Joel tells her that turns out that there's a lot just like you and and the raiders came to the hospital so he had to get her out of there and she asked if people were hurt and he didn't really say much and he asked she asked about marlene um i think you can tell by by the fact that she doesn't say hardly thing anything at all and also bella's you know acting her facial expressions and whatnot you can already tell that she's yeah. Pretty suspect of everything. She's a little bit groggy and confused, but but things aren't adding up. They car breaks down. Joel says they're about five miles from from Jackson, and um, kind of starts doing that thing he did at the beginning of the episode, where he's like, "But we can do this, right?" And like, you know, remember we've done this before, and like, you know, just trying to cheer her up. Right. Except this time, right. he kind of is directly responsible for the situation that she's in as far as because I think her mood now is more because she doesn't know what happened and she's not entirely sure that she can trust Joel suddenly. Well, and also she, she's like, wait, so <coughs> everything that I've been building towards for the last year mm-hmm. and what I thought was my life's purpose is now, is now not. Yeah. So it was you know? for nothing. You know, she said that yeah. it can't be for nothing, and it turns out that it was for nothing, and that's kind of devastating. Um, so they start hiking towards Jackson, and he's kind of, you know, just talking about how, how much she and Sarah would get along, and he's just being all open and friendly, and um, she's just yeah. kind of hearing it, but you can tell she's distracted. She wants, you know, there, there's something she needs to get off her chest. So as they're overlooking Jackson before they go down into town, she calls him on it and she says, swear to me, swear to me that everything you've told me about the fireflies is true. And Joel swears to her and she just says, Mm -hmm. okay. And you can tell that she knows he's lying. mm -hmm. And there, there's going to be a lot of a, a downfall from that in the future. Yeah. Their personal relationship is never going to be the same, you know, most likely because once you trust somebody fully and they break that trust, you can, you can come back to, 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 to being something, but it'll never ever be a hundred percent the same. Most likely. Um, Especially in their situation, I think, you know, but yeah, that was season one. Coley overall, having never played the game and hopefully avoiding spoilers for the most part throughout the season. How did you feel about the show? Did you like it overall? Did you love it? So (laughs) it ends I felt abruptly. I understand why they did it, but I wanted more yeah. still. And I looked at Dan and I said, I'm so mad at you. <laughs> He's like, why? And I was like, because you roped me into the show. Like, um, I'm sucked in. 
And I'll yeah. find like parts of my day, like drifting back to you know different episodes or different things in it. Like like I said, you know, I'm sitting in a rest area in Jersey, thinking about <laughs> a dog that might sniff out COVID because <laughs> of the dog on The Last of Us. You know, um, so it's just sort of stuff like that. Um, no, I I was I went into watching it reluctantly. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't have watched it if it weren't for me. I wouldn't have watched it on my own. No. Um, but I really, I really liked it. Um, I don't, I personally don't love all the violence. Like, that's not, like, my thing. But I was able to get through it fine. It wasn't Yeah. too bad. I'm glad, I appreciate that there wasn't a ton of stuff within the infected. I think that would have lost me some. I actually mentioned that it, to Dylan before the season even started. I, I said, I, if they have as much infected as they do in the game, I think that's going to turn people off. So I'm curious if they're going to do that. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. they didn't because that would have. Like that just would have gotten boring and tired for me. Um, so I appreciate that they really – it was really about relationships. It was, yeah. And I like that. Um and it was really funny. I called my best friend the other day, uh, randomly about something else. And she was like, have you been watching The Last of Us? And I was like, do you not know that Dan has a podcast? And with his friend Jeremy about The Last of Us? Of course we're watching. And we ended up talking for like an hour about it. And she started watching because of Pedro Pascal because of the Mandalorian. Okay. So that's the only reason why she started watching and then is so completely sucked in and is now listening to your podcast. So nice. hey Kara. Yeah. <laughs> hey Kara. If you're single. Hey Kara. Hey, um <laughs> she is. Yeah. Hey Kara. So uh, funny so I've heard Pedro Pascal refer to himself as both Pedro and Pedro and I don't know what to do with that information because now I don't know what to call him. Okay. Funny you say that. Does he refer? Does he say Pedro? Yeah, because Troy Baker's the only one I've ever heard say Pedro. But he, I don't think he but said I it. I've never I don't think Pedro. Pascal. I don't think Troy Baker has always said it. I, I feel like it was only the last couple podcasts that he started saying it that way. So there was this Vanity Fair interview, you know, like one of those just like fun interviews, like whatever. Yeah, and one of the questions they asked was. When you're feeling down about yourself, do you ever go to any of the Instagram accounts dedicated to you to make yourself feel better? And he started laughing. He's like, yes, actually, I do. And they asked, uh, do you know the name of it? And I don't remember the exact name, but he was like Pedro Pascal something. And I was like, he said Pedro. So huh. I was like, interesting. So I started calling him Pedro for a couple of weeks. And then just the other day, I heard him say, call himself Pedro. And I was like, what What the fuck? Which one is it? Because <laughs> when Dan was like, yeah, Troy Baker's calling him Pedro. And I'm like, well, of course he is. Because Troy Baker's nose is all out of joint. Because <laughs> he's a little bit Pedro pretentious Pedro's played times. it better than him. And, and so he's just being a jerk, being like, Pedro. You <laughs> don't like Troy Baker. I do not like Troy Baker. <laughs> he, he does come across as a bit pretentious. I'll, 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 really I will back does. you on that 100%. Yeah. So he I does. thought it was him just being pretentious and being like Pedro. <laughs> That's funny. But I don't know. It's a mystery. Yeah. But it's but been fun Pedro to watch Pedro. all the interviews with like him and Bella, all that stuff. Like it's it's been yeah. neat. I like the stuff at the end when they talk about the episode. Mm-hmm. I like watching those clips. What's 
What's kind of fun about that is like, I was listening to kind of funny today and Greg Miller was talking about it and, um, and they had Neil Druckmann on and he, Greg Miller was telling him like, he was, he's like the other day I was talking to Jen, his wife, and we were watching the end of the episode and we were watching that after the episode thing. And Jen just goes to me, can you believe we know him? (laughs) Like (laughs) it's, it's cool because like he's been famous in video game circles for so long. Um, and like now he's Hollywood famous, you know, it's, it's cool. Um, yeah, it's cool seeing that. And like, I was standing right next to him at E3 when when I went to E3. Like it was him and and Andrew Reiner and Andy McNamara from from Game Informer. They were all like in this little waiting room at the Microsoft booth, and I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god, I need to say something to them," but I didn't. Yeah, but no, it's it's neat. Yeah. I think we haven't really talked about this, but <clears throat> the the show has been a huge success. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I think they totaled over 40 million viewers for the entire season on HBO, a service that costs $16 a month that you have to pay for. That's that's impressive. It was more than, than House of the Dragon, from what I read, um, which was already very well established because yeah, of Game of numbers, Thrones. The numbers just went up and up and up yeah. as the season went on. Yeah, so... Well, you could tell when we were watching on Sunday, they were kept being this lag time. And I said to him, because it's so many people are watching at the same time, it kept buffering. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So I ended up watching about an hour late. So I didn't catch that, thankfully. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. I think they did an amazing job casting. Yeah. Like, I really just think this cast was fantastic. And I was, regardless of if I think Troy Baker is pretentious or not, um, I think that not having played the game that Pedro like is Joel, like he's more, he's rugged. He's, I mean, looking at Troy Baker, he wouldn't have been able to carry that off on screen. You mean he may, he may in the video game, but I feel like on a TV screen, he wouldn't have been able to carry that off. Well, not, not in live action, but he, he, his performance was, you can see, his performance and Ashley's performance, how much it influenced Bella and Pedro's performances. Oh, I don't deny that. Like they, but... they take a lot of cues from from those performances, mm-hmm. and and the game wouldn't have been as successful if if those weren't good performances. No, I don't. I don't deny that piece, but I think like visually, right? It's different. Yeah. No, he's a very pretty man. Pedro? No, Troy Baker. No, he's not. He is. He's pretty in like a not rugged kind of way is what I'm trying. I'm agreeing with you. Ah, okay. Um, I don't think he's pretty. (laughs) So, so Coley, I'm curious. Are are you going to be tempted to Google the story of The Last of Us Part 2? Or maybe the next time you're popping pimples and Daniel's just going on and on? Are you going to pay more attention? (laughs) Like... Or are you going to wait until till they shoot it and just watch it? I'll wait until they shoot it. Good. So, I also have, you know, somebody in the house who didn't, doesn't want me to know any spoilers. So, yes. I don't think he'll be talking about it. <laughs> Not now, anyway. 
Not now, yeah. Yeah. Man. I, I just want to see the look on your face when certain things occur. But that's how you've been this whole season, too. I know. So. I've been the... <laughs> I've I been, look over. I've been the Pedro Pascal and Nick Cage meme, Jeremy. Yeah. Like, you know. I finally, I finally had to watch that movie because I've seen that meme so many times. I had to see the source material. Like something happens and I, and you know, my jaw drops and then I look out of the corner of my eye and he's just like smiling at me. <laughs> <laughs> you got to make your own kind of music. Um, no, it's, I, I mean... Dylan kind of knew the story, but I've had the same experience with him to a degree where it's been fun to kind of watch yeah. watch him. And he's kind of always hated on The Last of Us just because he knows I love it so much. That's just what kids do. Like, mm-hmm. he always hated the Beatles growing up, and, and you know, now he loves them, of course, because it it's his idea now, and I'm not shoving it down his throat type of thing. Um, so when he first started watching it with me, I was actually like, you know what? I don't really know that I want you to watch it with me if you're just going to sit there and spout off and shit on everything that happens. Right. Um, but he didn't do that, and he's he's enjoyed it. And, yeah, some of the moments that he didn't know about, it was interesting to look over at those at, at those times and just see his body language. When is he going to come on the show? I don't know. and Whenever you want him to, I suppose. No, whenever you want him to. Yeah, we'll have to do that one of these times, and he can talk about Pokemon again. Yeah, sure. He can um, tell his marshmallow story. Because <laughs> he's not. So, he's Jeremy, not what did you think? What did you think of the show? Overall, I thought the show was really good. I thought, um, I thought it stumbled early on, as I mentioned, on developing that relationship between Joel and Ellie, because the game was pretty good about that pretty quickly. I thought that. I thought that the few parts they left out of the game or of the show from the game didn't really impact it. And I thought most of the additions that they put in added a lot to it and they were all worthy. If that makes sense. Um, my, I, I do feel like the ending, maybe the, like probably the last three episodes are probably my favorite favorites maybe not seven but six eight and nine um but i feel like they were kind of rushed a little bit i feel like episode seven was a little out of place in the grand scheme of things but it was still good and i think we needed to know that story of riley and ellie and the mall but overall i thought it was was i thought it was fantastic like i I, I don't want to compare it to other video game adaptations because it's far, far and away better than anything out there um, compared to some of my other like favorite shows that are kind of in the, the same vein as far as like drama or whatever you would call it, suspense. It's it's definitely up there. I, I think that, that uh, Craig Mazin brought a lot to to the production of this. And I'm, I feel like I'm glad at this point that the movie got scrapped and that the other projects got scrapped and they ended up doing a TV show and a TV show that's on HBO. So they can kind of have free reign as far as language. And, um, I'm not huge on the violence either, but I think where it got the most violent, it was necessary. Like the, the whole killing, the whole killing of David 
wasn't just yeah. gratuitous violence that that served a purpose right right <clears throat> um and even joel the violence was always tied to character development. and even joel threatening to kneecap yeah. that guy and then making a mark on the map with the bloody knife that he kneecapped him with yeah like that was violent but yeah. it served that purpose of showing joel losing his mind because he had finally found his heart again right with ellie right um yeah i it, if i look back you know i think back to the first few episodes and it seems so long ago but it wasn't it does no it does <laughs> i agree and i've even watched the first couple again recently and yeah it feels like like it was a year ago or more um so as somebody who didn't play the game, you, you know, I know you mentioned that the pacing of sort of their relationship, um, you know, Joel and Ellie and like the trust and stuff, you said it was developed better in the game. As somebody who didn't watch it, the pace made sense to me. So it's just interesting, like the different Good. view of it, because as somebody who didn't watch it, like that, that pace of that earning that trust and everything made sense. Yeah, no, I think it's, it did good. I think it's it's like it's similar to adapting a book to film. There's so much more context that you get from reading a book. Right. Um, and video games are similar because there's just more time to fill in a game. Yes. There's a lot more downtime where the characters are just walking around and talking um, and it's not a cutscene. You know, most of what you get from in the show is stuff that was in cutscenes in mm-hmm. the game. Um, the, you know, left behind and, um, and like the pun book and a few other exceptions, but most of it is cutscenes. And everywhere else um, in the game is really used to fill in those that character development and the relationship and the, the context um, that you just don't really get in the show. So, but that's not the medium, right? Like, that's right. just not how live-action film really works. Um, the There are things that just don't, aren't going to make it into a script. Yeah. So as a non-gamer who has seen you play a bunch of games throughout mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. relationship, mm-hmm. is this game a one-off in the sense of the huge build of a character relationship? Because from what I've seen throughout the years of you play, I guess Uncharted maybe has the character relationship building. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, who was Voss? Far Cry 3. Far Cry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, eh. Eh, maybe not that. No. But other than like Uncharted, I've never, I haven't seen really this character building. So, well, yeah, this is a huge topic. Right. Yeah, oh, we're, we're going to be here for another two or three hours, which is, <laughs> <which> is fine. <laughs> so I didn't know what I was opening. <laughs> Uh, the thing about, I was kind of hoping to save this conversation for, for the next episode where we kind of, Oh, well you can. Our next episode, we're kind of, we're going to kind of 
go deep into the whole season and the games and and how what's going to happen in in the second game. But I think it's fine. We're going to answer this question. So, Jeremy, I'll give my answer to this question, then you can say what you think. I know but your answer, but go ahead. I, I think Naughty Dog is uh, kind of on, on, in a league of their own. That's not to say they're better at making games than other companies, but it is to say that like they make a style of game uh, that a lot of companies aren't doing anymore. Um I'd say their biggest rival in terms of telling a story with really great characters and great writing and great acting um, would be Rockstar, um, who makes Grand Theft Auto and and Red Dead Redemption. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2 probably is uh, rivals The Last of Us. You know, Craig Mason famously has said, you know, The Last of Us is the best story video games have ever told but i think a lot of people would say red dead redemption and red dead redemption 2 at least uh rival it um but they make a type of game where story really does sort of come first for them um whereas historically other games gameplay comes first and story is supplemental Story is the thing to just keep you wanting to be, keep you motivated to keep playing. Um, I would say also like Metal Gear, um, Hideo Kojima is a very uh, famous um, video game developer who creates, who created this series called Metal Gear, and those games um, take characters very seriously, but. They're also wacky and crazy. They're very anime kind of games. So they're not really as mainstream um, They're ready. They're not mainstream ready like like The Last of Us definitely is. Um, and that's the thing about it is that I find this whole situation fascinating because I think a lot of people are going to say, oh my god... Like, is this what video games are now? And then they're going to play other games and they're going to be like, why isn't this like The Last of Us? And um, I think that's that's too bad because there are other games that tell amazing stories. They just don't tell them in the same way that The Last of Us does. And a lot of games... And the other thing about like The Last of Us and Naughty Dog is that Naughty Dog has free reign from Sony to basically spend as much as they need to to make these games. And it is not cheap to um, animate four hours of cutscenes um, with highly paid voice actors. I mean, Troy Baker is probably one of the highest paid video game voice actors out there. And, and um, you know, they... Those, it, animating all of those cutscenes and... and Doing all that work is a it's a lot, um, and it's really expensive. So a lot of other games just can't tell a story as um, polished as Naughty Dog can. So I don't know. I think it's really interesting to to see going forward what the reaction is going to be from people um, if they get into games because of this. 
I don't know. What do you think, Jeremy? I was going to say, and Jeremy, rebuttal? Well, <laughs> to answer the actual question that she asked, I will say <laughs> this. I think Naughty Dog does a phenomenal job of telling stories that most people can relate to. And I think that's why it feels so different than some other games. For example, you know, because you asked about the relationship, is, is Naughty Dog, like was The Last of Us a one-off and Uncharted, you know, just this fluke where they're able to build these relationships between these characters so well. There's other games that do that. Um, Daniel already mentioned a couple of them earlier in the episode, like The Last Guardian and, and um, you know, maybe Shadow of the Colossus and, and Brothers. But it's not yeah. something that everybody can relate to because Uncharted and The Last of Us are like movies in a way right. that, that we play, that everybody can kind of understand. They're human characters. And no, like the idea that, that Nathan Drake can go off and do this adventuring and do all this crazy shit and survive it all, of course, that's not really feasible. But the relationship that he can have with, with, with Sully and Elena, um, that is understandable. And... And in Joel and Ellie's case, can we all relate to having this infected uh, pandemic? Well, we kind of can relate to a pandemic at this point. Yeah. Um, we yeah. really couldn't in 2013, but certainly we've seen some of that in the last few years. So, But what a lot of us can relate to is that bond between whether it's father and daughter, father and, and, and stepdaughter, or just two people that, that maybe find themselves in a situation that they normally wouldn't be in and they have to get along. Um, I think red dead tells a great story. I don't know about the, like, I don't think grand theft auto is as much story focused as it is. Like maybe it is if you don't just do all the crazy shit. Um, grand theft auto is, it has an interesting, it has an interesting story. For, I think but it, it does, has a really cool but story. I don't find it being emotionally attached to it. Like I do red dead no. or certainly the, uh, the no. last of us. I think what Rockstar does is impressive because they do it in an open world setting, which I think is probably pretty difficult compared to yes. a more linear setting such as Uncharted and The Last of Us. Um, it makes you truly feel for those characters. I think if you become an avid gamer, you can find yourself having those same attachments to to maybe other things. Like for me, like Bioshock, the big daddies and the little sisters – um, I certainly felt an emotional also mass effect. Yes. Yeah, definitely mass effect. Um, yeah, felt attachments there, but you know, I don't think Craig, Craig Mazin has probably played every video game. And I certainly think that of course it's in his best interest to say the last of us is the best video game story that's, yeah, a, that's ever been told. But clearly I don't really disagree with him because it's my favorite game of all time. And, I mean, and the thing about it, sorry, go ahead. And by and large, that is because of the story, not the gameplay. But they do a good job of molding the two. Like, I, I was talking to Daniel, and when I recently yeah. played through the game, I really wanted to just get back to the story. Like, I played it on easy mode and was just killing all the enemies as quickly as I could because I wanted to explore. Because when you explore, you find more parts of the story. Um, as long as you, you know, take the time to listen to them and to read the things and look for them. But it made me want <laughs> to, to get through the gameplay. Subtle dig. And, oh, was that subtle? I meant for it to be direct. I'll be better next time. <laughs> it made me want to get get through the combat, the gameplay, to get to the story. 
I think great games, and I think The Last of Us does this as well, tell the story through both. And I think that's part of why that bond between Joel and Ellie happens a little more quickly in the game is because they they do have to bond during combat, during gameplay a few times early on. Um, and there there right. isn't that so much in the show, not like it was. So, And you even mentioned that, like, last episode, <coughs> David, how her and Ellie, uh, uh, I mean, her and David um, sort of bond, and she he earns her trust through gameplay. Yeah. Playing through those, those sequences with the infected, mm-hmm. with him. and the show did a great job of of getting around that. But um, yeah, yeah, you know, and and of course, The Last of Us did invest a lot of money not only into the voice acting, but they and Naughty Dog did in general. They were doing motion capture animation, kind of ahead of its time, and in yeah. doing so, the actors got to throw a lot of themselves you know, their actual acting ability into these characters. And they also... It's the same technology as Avatar and Gollum, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, And they were able to to improvise lines, and they would let them... They would keep them in. Like, they didn't... Like, they weren't so, you know, my way or the highway type of thing. So I guess that's my long answer to your short question. Um, The Last of Us, in my opinion, does it better than than just about everything but it's not the only one that does it well at all no but the thing is that like the last of us is the most um tv ready yeah definitely it's the most hollywood ready story video games have ever told yeah for sure i agree like i personally think um but that's why i said red dead redemption 2 because i think that that game in particular is probably pretty close as well. But like, that's why like, I personally think, for instance, Bloodborne is probably my favorite video game story, but that has, like, it, it, it'd be hard to name any of the characters, and there's maybe five minutes of cuts. Yeah, it'd be hard to translate that to film. How is that a story? It's amazing. <laughs> it's an incredible story. I but, have seen but too many hours here's the thing. Play Bloodborne See, in Bloodborne, no story. you have to read all the little notes and everything to get the story. That's the only place where the story is. But anyway. Um, I mean. But that, uh, all I'm saying is that. All I'm saying is all I know is Father G. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, his story is incredible. There's babe. a story. Aren't you, guys, yes. aren't you guys going to watch him in Providence next month? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, da- Daniel, no, I'm just, shocked you haven't mentioned Half Life. Oh uh, yeah, no, I mean, uh, yes, you're right. I love Half Life, and and but that first Half Life, there's hardly a story there. Yeah, you know, like I've worked myself on writing a screenplay for Half Life just because I think it could be a cool movie or TV show, and. But there's hardly a story in that first first Half Life. There's hardly actual characters, right. and then Half Life Two brings in actual characters. But even that, there's not really much of an arc to to anything in Half Life Two. No, there's not. When you really think about it, so it's it. Neither of those games are are ready. And and Portal and Portal Two. Like I'm replaying Portal 
in Portal 2 right now. And they're the funniest games, but you couldn't just take that story and translate it no. to, to TV. No. It, it's, you're just going from room to room f- solving puzzles and talking to this um, inanimate um, disembodied voice. And yeah. that you can't make a TV show like that. No, it wouldn't work in that setting. You're right. I agree. So Last of Us, the way that they made it, it is it was just ready to go. It was it, it was ready to film. Yeah, I think everything so, just came together really well for it. It's being on HBO, having yeah. Craig as the director, having an already really great story that that um the original creators weren't so married to that they weren't willing to make some changes where it made sense, you know. It was good. Yeah. Man, what a show. And of course, if you have a hundred million dollars to make a show, then you also have a pretty good chance of, of getting it right. It doesn't always work that way, but it helps. You know, they had the luxury of, of buying entire neighborhoods and, and making sets the way that they wanted and um, mm-hmm. getting lucky finding you know, entire hospitals that have been deserted and malls that had been deserted and all these sorts of things. Like everything just came together. Jeremy, if you had a hundred million dollars to, to adapt a video game to television or, or film, what would you do? If I had a hundred million dollars to adapt to television, let's see, I would do Tetris and pocket the other 999 or 999,999,999,000. I would just do a screenshot of Tetris. TikTok. Just don't don't invest it in Silicon Valley Bank. God, right? Um That's yeah. smart. They're actually making a Tetris movie though. Yeah, no, it's it, it looks pretty good. So, I I guess it does. If I had to answer that in, in earnest, I'd probably say BioShock. Mm. Yeah. But I don't know how well it would do because yeah. it's weird, right? <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it is. it's not something everybody again, would go watch. Again, you can't just translate that beat for me. I mean, Red Dead. I think Red Dead would make a great series or, or yeah. movie. Um, definitely. I think that would be a smart play. You didn't ask me. What would you do, babe? Before Dawn. You mean until dawn? Until dawn. Until dawn yeah. Oh, <laughs> so close. Until dawn. Until dawn would be fun. That'd be a good yeah. movie. You could totally do that. I, I could totally see that being that. like a CW show. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> Man. No, but like a good one. Have they made any good ones? So lately? here's the thing. I don't know. I haven't watched any, but here's the thing with CW shows: they start out good, and then they just drag on. They put so much nonsense in there. It becomes right. like soap opera, like it's ridiculous. Yeah, that's too bad. What about you, Daniel? What, so what's your hundred hundred million dollar uh, movie or TV show? Yeah, well, you said it. Probably Half Life, but or Bloodborne. Yeah. Oh God, it's hard to choose between those two. Yeah, I'm gonna be. Me. I'm gonna wake up in the middle of the night and be thinking, "Oh yeah, I should have said this game." So I mean, I haven't. I've only. <laughs> I've only played like very, very very few games in the last several years so i'm a little out of the loop but mm. you should play returnal i tried and you wouldn't play with me remember 
We made a date and you yeah, and you stood you me up. You should just play it by yourself. Yeah, maybe I. I did not stand you up. You did. You sh- you should play it by yourself. Okay, I still have it downloaded because it's really good. Yeah. Journey could be a fun movie. How? I don't know. It would have to be an animated movie. Oh, look at look, yeah. look at you. Look at. Yeah. I could see Journey being a beautiful animated short. Studio, like a Studio Ghibli right. short. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. So, well, Bastion was the first game I ever played. Bastion? That, that, yeah, cool. that, that, that would be, be pretty cool. good. And then Journey was the second mm-hmm. one I ever the played. The giant games. And, <laughs> and he was making fun of me because we it was like you're going up a hill. And I was sticking by the side, and he's like, "You got, you can't." Uh, yeah, with the stone dragons looking for you. Right. Yep. And so I was just playing it that way. He's like, "That's not how you play." It. But guess who didn't? You're supposed to go from like little. There's little like huts that you can hide in from the dragons. I didn't hide. I just stayed up you to didn't. the side, and you I just, just went straight. <laughs> you straight just found up a path where the path. dragons were. And he's like, you, "You can't do that," and it worked. He's like, yeah. "You can't do that," and I'm like, "Well, I did it." And it worked. You did it. They didn't play test that game enough because they should have caught that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got go. other uh, real quick. What other adaptations are in the works that, that you know of? You mentioned Tetris. I know God of War. Is there anything else that's? Yeah, there's God of War. There's Fallout. Um, that might be interesting. Com- that that might be coming this year. Actually, I I feel like that's coming s- soonish. Um. There is still talks about a Bioshock something happening. Um, <clears throat> there's a billion. Um, I'm pretty sure Amazon bought the rights to Mass Effect. Okay. So they're doing something there. Yeah, I think Mass Effect could um, be a good adaptation. I really do, if it was done well. Yes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Mass Effect is... Yeah. Yes, please. Um I'm going to be upset if it's not done well. Yeah. If they try to just mimic yeah. Star Wars or Star Trek, then it's just going to be like, eh. Right. Exactly. Um, uh, I want to say there's more Sony ones. Like, there's a Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. I think there's, there's this Ghost of Tsushima thing. I think there's happening. a Super Mario movie coming out. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure there's... Yeah. Mario movie. Yeah. Joey, did you see Uncharted? I did. I liked it. Did you like it? Yeah. Did you see that, babe? Of course I saw it. Well, I didn't yeah, he, oh, yeah, he went I and saw it, it with his best friend, Joe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I've watched it since it was streaming on something. I want to say Netflix. I still enjoy that movie. Yeah, I like the pirate ship. It's a fun movie. At the end. Um. And yeah, yeah, I'm excited for Super Mario. And there is something. There's a Metal Gear Solid movie too. I think also mm. happening. I feel like that might be the, too convoluted. The Kong Skull Island director. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, it'll totally be convoluted. I don't know how they're gonna do that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. All right, we gotta go. All right. Well, it was good chatting with you. Thanks, Coley, for enhancing our show. <laughs> don't don't say that too loud. Don't Dan give her get upset. Give her a big head. Well, jeez, we appreciate it. Whether Daniel shows it or not, he does. 
And well, thanks for having me on again. Thanks for joining us, Jeremy. I'm under contract, but you're welcome. Well, how is he joining? I he's, always he's thank him co-host. for being on the show. <laughs> yes. I, I, he thanks me. I thank him. You thank me. He thanks you. And I got to say. And we thank. What? I got to say, I thank you, Daniel. I, I'm proud of both of us for recording every week. Cause Me too. I'm proud of you guys too. That's pretty impressive for us. Yeah. With only with only a couple small schedule changes. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. No, I, I was just going to say, we thank the listeners for sticking with us for these last nine weeks when, as we've completed this journey across America. On the side of the screen, even though there were sand dragons. Oh, yeah. come to look for America. Kathy, I'm lost, I said, though I knew she was sleeping. If I knew the button to I'm push to stop this, like, would I don't know why. <laughs> Counting the cars on the New Coley, Jersey Turnpike. Just think. Oh, that's what we were doing this weekend. There's going to be a couple hours when he has surgery where he won't be able to talk. Enjoy those moments. <sighs> <gasps> there is light. At the also, end of the you might want to go well, in the operating well, well. room and make sure they give them some oxygen after they <laughs> after they remove the uh, anesthesiology mask. Why won't I be able to talk? You mean when I'm or out? or hear me out? Go in the room and make sure that they don't give them oxygen after they remove whatever. I mean, that's your choice. You, you don't have to decide right now. I think it will depend on if he loses his wedding ring and not yes. again. <laughs> Either way, I would up the life insurance policy now just to be safe. Do you think it's too soon? Too close? I don't know. Well, there's usually like a, a 30, I think there's like a 30 day period before <laughs> any increase Bo- takes effect. So, yeah. Uh, oh, man. Bogey's got to go out. <laughs> uh, I got to take the. I gotta Boy, take Bogey the must dog have out, eaten so. something rotten tonight. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right, you crazy kids. It was fun. All right. I'll see you on the flip flop. We'll see you on the flip flop. The next episode might be two weeks from now instead of one because we are going to take a little break before we dive deeper into all of this and wrap it all up um, with possibly a guest. And then after that, we'll have to find something else to talk about. Different guest. Jeez. Yes, and then we'll have to go back to actually talking. Aliens. About life. Whatever else comes up. Yeah. It'll be (laughs) spring then, so hopefully the weather will be nice and we'll be out doing stuff, so we'll have that to talk about. Ah, there you go. Great. Good, Good idea. All right. All right. Good night, guys. Night. Night. Bye.